Paso a Paso <laughs> Podcast. Welcome to another episode. We are back again, and this is a, a dynamic one. We have both live interview recordings from in the field uh, in Taos, and also a second half where we did a phone interview with um, Nina from Twirl. Uh, the field interview that we'll start off with is an interview with Felice of Youth Heartline, who is in the midst of a summer-long series of pop-up activity events at our uh, various housing communities throughout town, um, interacting with families and kids providing some positivity um, during this uh, very interesting summer we're having. So we'll start off with a live interview there. You'll hear the background noise and the kids having a great time with Felice, who is leading this effort. And then we'll follow up again, as I mentioned, with Nina from um, Twirl. Let's get into it. Hey, reporting live from here in Taos, uh, we have another great guest today on this program. And um, we'll be discussing the various ways in which uh, she and the organization work with our community uh, through COVID and beyond. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Felice Medina, and I'm the Community Programs Coordinator with Youth Heartline. Great. Thanks for being here. Uh, we have the, I have the pleasure of working with you on a few events you're hosting around the community that we'll get into. But also, I was just super excited when we first met about your role, I think, being created, really. Um, and uh, just open anything you want to share about how that's been through that time. I'm sure it's been a lot. Yeah, I mean, I really have enjoyed being able to create different um, programs to serve the needs of our community and it being very open-ended as to um, based on the work that I do with families, just kind of seeing where the needs are and being able to develop programs to help to serve families in the way that they need. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of what you're doing is very complementary to the other programs that exist. You know, there's right. there's like home visiting, stuff like that, and they're, they're all, you know, they have their, their niche, but how have you determined or how to, how to reach out and what to do? So I'm really, I know that there's a lot of different services available in house and there's a lot of different nonprofits, and um, I think that the biggest thing I'm trying to focus on is meeting families where they're at and also not trying to duplicate a service that's already in place but better bring services together to meet those needs mm-hmm. so for example um, this summer we have been um, having summer pop-ups at six of the income-based apartment complexes in town and instead of youth heartline um creating every single pop-up and being the force behind every pop-up. I've coordinated with um, a lot of different organizations that already serve the community so that um, it brings the for- all of our forces together to be able to create the program. So um, we collaborated with Twirl and um, Children's Trust Fund. We had bike clinics. Taos Alive was a big part of supporting us. Um, the DEA came all the way from El Paso to come and do some of our pop-ups as well. The Taos Public Library So it was a collaborative effort of a bunch of different community agencies because we all have something to offer. And I think bringing us together to work together instead of everyone needing to create their own thing, um, we can make a big difference. Yeah, amazing. And and again, just thanks and congrats to you for for organizing all this. Something that really stands out to me about it, and I'm curious if you see it the same way, is that essentially you're not only creating an event and multiple events, many events. Just a second. It's all good. What? Um, but you're bringing these events to where the folks are. Not only did you say before, as you said, like meeting them where they're at, which is often referred to kind of like in their own lives, but you're literally also bringing it to where people are, which I think is super cool. Yeah, and I think that that was... Um 
really one of the main focuses of this program for this summer was um, meeting, especially kids. I mean, COVID has been difficult on everyone, but it's also been difficult on kids. I mean, they've been locked up in their houses pretty much, you know, on technology the entire school year. And I wanted to really give them an opportunity to just be kids, to come outside and play where they're at without, I know parents are busy and they have a lot going on and sometimes they're not able to make it to, um, to a certain location, whether it's, you know, time or transportation. Also, most of the camps and things going on in the community cost money and not every family is able to afford that. So I wanted to bring something to um, to the families, to the kids exactly where they're at. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, and I imagine also, you know, having spent so much of um, your time in this role, uh, I guess before and during COVID, right? It kind of bridged mm-hmm. both. Um, how does it feel to have this? I know it's a lot in the minute moment. Maybe you'll enjoy it afterwards more. But but how is it to see all this kind of come to fruition based on just a vision of yours and seeing what comes out of it? Because in front of us, you know, for those who are listening, you know, there's there's a, a large amount of kids and families and there's multiple activities and it's a really great experience. Yeah, I think it's been great, especially, I mean, starting out at the... What, so it's a six-week program. We're currently in our fourth week finishing it up. And to see the growth from the very first week into now this fourth week has been it's been really great and it's very um rewarding for me to be able to see the families come out and you know make connections within their own community and the kids to like you know just have fun and be kids and they're laughing and smiling and making friends um and so it's been really great yeah um anything that you would want to share with folks as far as um in the future things you'd like the community support on or for yourself or youth heartland or anything else like that um, I think it's just great, like, you know, getting to know our community. I've um, also, through COVID, w- um, helped people complete the emergency rental assistance program application. Um, and it's been great getting to hear people's stories and really getting to know them, um, you know, for who they are and taking a lot of the external stuff out, but just having a conversation with them um, about where they're, where they're at, what their needs are, how their life is going, and then... Um, working to implement services based on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would just really encourage people to reach out to your neighbor and get to know them and, you know, make those connections amongst each other. And as far as for Youth Heartline, too, um, I mean, we're always looking for CASA volunteers. That's one of our um, bigger programs, and we are definitely always looking for um, people to volunteer in that capacity um, or other capacities as well. So um, we're always looking for volunteers. Cool, thanks. And uh, youthheartland.org, I think, is the website. And um, lastly, just moving forward, um, is, is there any things you'd like to, to see happen with respect to the work you're doing or that you would like to see the community, you know, local government, other organizations kind of focus more on, you know, whatever might come to mind that you're willing to share? Um, I think um, from what I've seen in the work I've been doing during COVID, housing, which is a very big issue, and it seems like it's getting bigger in our community. Um, and I think that that's something that hopefully local government can help with. Um, the amount, the cost of rent doesn't match our economy. Yeah. And it's really apparent in the families that I serve when they can't, you know, they're choosing between paying their rent or paying their electricity. And I mean, that's a really hard choice for families to make. Like, do I have a place to live or do I have the lights on? Most families are choosing to pay their rent, but then they are behind on everything else. So um, there's a lot of disparities there that should be addressed, I think. Yeah, thank you so much and thanks for all your work. Thank you, Miles.
And as we are back in the studio now, thank you to Felice and Youth Heartline for sharing that insight on their summer programming uh, during the summer of 2021 in income-based housing. I thought it might be helpful for us to continue this discussion in this episode by speaking with someone else who has been uh, one of those organizations or representation of uh, exactly what Felice mentioned earlier, the partnerships in the community that are uh, developing and continuing through this series. Um, And we are so happy that we are are able to have um, an individual here with us to share their perspective on this series and uh, bringing the community to other specific areas of our community in indirect service. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Nina Silverberg, and I am the public programs manager over at Twirl, which has been a nonprofit for what, since 2015 or something. So for quite some time, we've been twirling all over Taos County and beyond uh, our beautiful campus there close to the plaza. So in that context, we um, have been twirling around in the different income-based housing developments and loving the collaboration with youth Heartline, which actually uh, in the beginning of this pandemic, uh, we started off providing uh, a bunch of content for Youth Heartline because they had the connections with the kiddos and families. We were not really able to connect that much because of the pandemic. So uh, thanks to the pandemic, we've created beautiful collaboration with Youth Heartline where I feel like we're um, filling each other's needs, so to speak. They've got the connections with the kids and families and we definitely have all the fun, creative playing and explorations that we want to always be providing to kiddos in the Taos community at large. So um, I'm not sure I answered a question, but that was great. That was my very long introduction to this specific project. Yeah, thanks, Nina. Um, And thanks again for your willingness to jump on here. Um, It sounds like, uh, you know, Twirl, the community knows as an organization that provides um, fun and entertainment and and, um, education uh, and new experiences to our community and our our youngest citizens. also, I imagine during COVID, there was a need to find ways to connect with the community while perhaps, you know, the, the benchmark or, or highlight of a twirl for the community might be considered the playground was um, was was closed down. Um, can you tell a little bit about the backstory? Because it sounds like you were involved in, in this uh, decision to bring activities to folks uh, around the community early on, and, and that continues through your uh, volunteering now. Yeah, so um, last summer we were working with Felice from Youth Heartline and Sandra and we created a bunch of scribble bots, which are these little fun um, DC motor driven marker enhanced whatever recycled container robots that you place on paper. First you assemble them, then you place them on paper, and then they do all kinds of fun scribbling for you. And we got about 50 out into the community, specifically to Raton and the Gustorf neighborhood. And we were just talking, this was last summer, and then we were talking about how to kind of continue just getting content to families, kids and families, since 
kids and families weren't really going places or coming to twirl or how to reach out. So obviously there's been a lot of door knocking and a lot of, you know, bringing creativity kits to kids and families thanks to Youth Heartline and us providing content. And then it was in the spring that we were brainstorming with Sienna Sanderson from Taos Behavioral Health and the Nurturing Center at Enos and Felice and on my porch. And we were saying, well, why can't we just do this like all summer? And so Felice created an incredible matrix uh, filling every day of some kind of fun activities but, you know, the scheduling that goes into this. So it's been awesome that Phyllis has had that capacity because Twirl didn't really. We've had many other things going on as well. But we were able to pop off about nine times all over uh, the various different housing developments with cardboard engineering and building. And all the kiddos got a bag that had all the materials necessary, plus a bunch of fun snacks and free giveaways such as free dance classes and reduced bowling coupons and and ducks rubber ducks from the town of Taos and all kinds of fun different sponsorships that were uh, collected throughout the spring and the bag had all the content we were trying to be COVID safe so that you could still build with um cardboard but you had all your own tools and kits because whenever twirl goes and does stuff there's a lot of touching of scissors and markers and you know it's it's a close-up experience when we get creative with whatever it is we're doing so this was a good way of managing that and we were all our activities happened outside and so we were very happy to be part of the content providers for this summer of uh, play pop-ups that happened all over. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for all that uh, the backstory and thanks for involvement in it. Um, you know, whenever I speak with uh, staff from Twirl, um, so many different topics come up. Um, and I think that, uh, again, thinking about Twirl as a destination or a community um, and one that will you know reopen soon, um, what do you know, or can you share much about the history of Twirl, um, in the interest of bringing that, those activities and fun, um, beyond the, the home base of where Twirl is located to other areas of the community? Cause it seems like something that's really important in the organization and something that you're involved in, um, you know, COVID or not. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are, we want to see ourselves as ambassadors of creativity. We want to get kids and families uh, engaged together in playing, exploring and creating. And so I, I see ourselves as, you know, having a great passion, or at least I do. And I know my team does too, because this is what we do. We twirl around, we pop up and we give them wonderful creative ways, which sometimes are steam related, sometimes art-based related, sometimes movement related, because now we have wonderful Amber on board. Miss Amber is doing all kinds of fun, early childhood stuff and movement. And, uh, we have Liana, who's a wonderful educator. So we have a great team for twirling around as much as possible. And when I say twirling around, uh, that sounds very general. And to me, it sounds very clear what that is. But for the 
public at large, that means giving kids and families opportunities to have creative outlets without having to come to twirl. You know, traveling, driving, getting there, public transportation doesn't really exist in Taos. Like, there's not a bus stop outside of twirl, is there? So we go places, and we look forward to that, and we love meeting people where they're at as much as we can. Yeah. And you know, linked to some of our annual or like seasonal larger projects, we usually have an outreach component, whether that is leading up to or around the Paseo or leading up to around invent event or any kind of summer activity. So we usually have like a themed activity that we then also, in addition to offering at twirl we like to take it to some schools some community groups some libraries uh you know other nonprofit organizations we love supporting like taos behavioral health and youth heartline now so that is what we very much do in addition to um what we do at twirl and i just wanted to quickly just uh do a shout out twirl as actually open but not fully open oh, wow. twirl the store is open um tuesday through sunday and we have some young twirling uh young twirlers program led by amber on tuesdays and thursdays between between 10 and 12 some fun activities guided activities and uh, the little courtyard in the back is also open, but the large courtyard is still under construction. And you guys just hold on because it's something incredible that's going <laughs> to pop up over there. Great. Well, thanks for that. I was actually going to ask. So that's a great way to, to uh, end us off. And um, again, thanks for everything you um, and, you know, before uh, thanks to Felice for being interviewed as well on this podcast. And uh, thanks for your continued work in the community. And if there's anything we can do to help spread the word out, please uh, always consider reaching out. Yeah, and thank you very much, Miles, for having us on and spreading the word. And you can always also hop on our website, www.twirltouse.org, to check the latest updates. And we do update our website as much as possible. Wonderful. So, yeah. Well, thanks again, and thank have you. a great evening. Sounds good. Thank you. You too. Paso a paso. <laughs> Podcast. Mm-hmm.